Career Radial. I'm your host, Dr. Karen Kim, author of the number one best-selling book, Sensitivity is Your Superpower, How to Harness Your Gifts, Fulfill Your Purpose, and Create a Life of Joy. And also other books that help you on your way, such as Navigating the Clickety-Clack, How to Stay Peace-Filled in the Seemingly Toxic World, and The Evolutionary Healer and Guide to Healing Chronic Pain, a holistic approach. And if you are a sensitive soul, I would love for you to join my tribe. And the best way to do that is to get the free Sensitive Soul Empowerment Guide, The Three Ways of Navigating Your Way to More Peace, Positivity, and Personal Power. So you can live the life of your dreams and fulfill your mission, create a life of joy. So the purpose of our podcast here, The Light Warrior Radio, is really to help inspire you to manifest the life of your dreams, whether that's radiant health, uh, prosperity, beautiful relationships, uh, or your best job, you know, like just to get you on that journey to be the best you that you can be. And so I'm really pleased this week to have my friend Jean Ferris here with me today. Let me tell you a little bit about how we met. So uh, Jean reached out to me and uh, I was on her podcast, The Love Light uh, Show on Voice America and it was absolutely, you know, a beautiful connection and we both realized, oh my gosh, she's a sensitive soul like I am, like we are. So I thought, well, you know, I love interviewing people who are empaths, who are sensitive souls, who have really been able to literally navigate their way um, through their their journey and their beautiful experience to then help other people because so many of us in that sensitive soul realm really want to help people. Like I was one of these weird five-year-olds that wanted world peace for birthday, right? Like who asked that? <laughs> so I, I think this is really great uh, because we're going to talk about a major, major touchy topic today and that is about unworthiness because I know I felt unworthy for mm, much of my childhood and probably much of my adulthood as well. Um, and in fact, I talked to my parents recently and shared something from Instagram that I had posted about people pleasing and all this kind of stuff that I did before. And, and they were shocked. They had no idea that I felt that bad about myself when I was younger because I was constantly getting awards and A pluses and, you know, um, winning contests and all this kind of stuff and piano and they thought I was so accomplished so I must be really confident but the opposite was true. I felt very unworthy and I had to do those things feel better about myself. So um, Dr. Jean Marie Farish is Voice America World Talk Radio Empowerment show host of the Love Light award-winning best-selling author, educator, life care coach, founder and CEO of Life Care Wellness PEP for Angels. And we have a lot of angels in our audience yeah. <laughs> uh, to enrich the lives and serve our community with an emphasis on um, children hospitalized and the founder and CEO of Jean Marie Farish Center for Conscious Loving. She's a certified rehabilitation counselor and has combined her educational background and training. She has a PhD in re rehabilitation, MS in rehabilitation counseling, a BA in psychology. Wow. The list goes on. Um, career as administrator, professor in higher education, service as a rehabilitation counselor practitioner, designing life care plans for persons with disabilities and helping clients with community reentry transitioning from prison, which is an amazing, amazing work. And her own transformational life experiences and her six-month stay in the Orient that laid the foundation for this work. Her mission is to live an authentic, altruistic, and heart-centered life. She operates on the premise that as we teach, we learn as inspiration to grow and to use her skills and talents to help others. She's authored 
ordered five books, including Living in the Spirit of Love, Our Natural State of Being, Journey to Wholeness, Reflections for Transforming Your Life, Long Journey Home, Living in Love, Character and Philosophy of Henry Drummond, and My Life Light Reflection Journal, and co-authored nine best-selling books. Uh, she has been featured on the covers of Published and BookMad, and as an authentic messenger in Sparks of Inspiration magazine, and she is an avid writer for Savannah East. Without further ado, welcome, Jean. Wow, that was a big, amazing intro. <laughs> well, Dr. Karen, thank you so much. I am just delighted that we're connecting again on your amazing show, Light Warriors. Thanks for having me today. Oh, yeah, we are really pleased. And, and you know, this this topic that we're talking about, um, unworthiness, OMG, <laughs> this oh, is a biggie. Yeah. This is yes, it is. So, so many of us, even when we're, like myself, very, very accomplished, um, have had this underpinning of unworthiness through much of our lives and, and a lot of fear-based, you know, uh, deep conditioned beliefs that somehow we're not good enough, especially since we're highly sensitive and we're not like everybody else. Or we feel different. We feel isolated and we want to fit in. And so we don't feel good about ourselves because we don't fit in even when we're very young. So I would love to know what have you faced in your life? Like how did you get to who you are today? Because obviously there was a journey in there. Um, and, uh, you know, what challenges had you faced on that journey? Wow. Well, Dr. Karen, I am so pleased to share my challenges and my what I call my hero's journey. <laughs> you know, I spent my career uh, as an administrator and professor in higher education and teaching students, also working as a rehab counselor practitioner that enriched my life, and you shared that information earlier, and I really do appreciate that. But I was always a, a truth seeker with uh, much curiosity about life, and after achieving all of these milestones in my life, I became disillusioned with uh, societal standards of success and happiness, and I always felt there was something missing. And I had a yearning, a real deep felt yearning for something more, and more than uh, just fleeting, you know, the external pleasures and endless need to continue to shape this image of my limited personality self. So with the series of these existential questions that I had over the course of my life and after accomplishing all of these milestones, I asked myself questions. Who am I? Why am I here? What is my purpose? Even though I had helped students and, you know, helped with people coming out of prison and, you know, develop life care plans for people with injuries or whatever, and I, but I still had this yearning that something was missing. But what I found that it was a real yearning and longing to come home to my true self with more love, peace, joy, and greater fulfillment, because I think what happened I was so busy trying to accomplish and achieve that I ended up losing myself. I was a high achiever. <laughs> I was yep. a perfectionist. <laughs> I was a perfectionist, but under the veil of perfectionism was unworthiness. Mm -hmm. and, and actually, I felt that love was transactional based upon my perceived worthiness to receive. I was an overgiver. I was a people pleaser. I sacrificed myself at the expense of others until I was actually depleted. And I was actually given from a, a half 
filled and sometimes empty cup. And these events actually catapulted me into the dark night of the soul. And through grace, I had an opportunity to spend six months in Malaysia. I was offered a position as honorary professor uh, at the uh, University of Science Malaysia uh, Division of Industry and Community uh, Engagement, where I served there for six months. And in the midst of this peaceful, tropical, beautiful environment, the communal spirit of the people that I encountered, my engagement with masters and priests, you know, I really came home to myself. I was immersed in love. And, you know, what was so amazing, Dr. Karen, at the end of my journey, uh, I asked myself this question. You know, after all that I had gone through there and, you know, there was a part of me that didn't want to come back from over the rainbow, (laughs) but I I asked myself this question. I said, tell me the real purpose of my journey. I whispered that to my spirit and spirit said to me, it was all about love. And I was just amazed. And it was like all of a sudden I had a flashback of all the loving experiences that I had there. And, of course, that led to my. Are we? Yes. Okay, we're back. <laughs> Did you get all that? Uh, okay, so we ended with um, experiences of love there. Okay. So all your experiences of love there. Right, and and I, as I indicated, I wrote my first book about my journey there. It was so touching because I really learned the meaning of love, and I found myself. So it ended up with my. Uh, writing my book, and then, of course, engaging and embodying love and teaching it to to others and really continuing to practice it in my own life every day. Oh, that is beautiful. Wow. And, uh, you know, I I think that some people go, well, why? Why did you feel unworthy, you know, growing up? Right. Yeah, what do you attribute that to, if anything? Actually, what happened with me, I think, over the course of my life, uh, in my childhood, I was actually a love child, <laughs> and uh, and I was, and of course, uh, and that's literally because as I talk about writing a new story, and I, as I wrote my book, Living in the Spirit of Love, I went back through my own life, and I was a love child. I was raised by my grandmother. I didn't have that connection with my mother, and nor my father. And I always kind of felt that emptiness. And then, of course, as a, uh, uh, I, I lost my uh, beloved childhood sweetheart who was in a, a car accident. And wow. that just kind of sealed my fate. It was like, wow, you know, you didn't really have the love of your parents, even though my grandmother showed me endearing, unconditional love. Mm-hmm. But uh, the loss of my childhood sweetheart who would call me every night and sing love songs to me and walk me home and all that. And all of a sudden he's dead. And I'm like, Oh my God, you something's wrong with you. You're just not worthy. And from there on, I attracted just 
people who uh, really uh, validated that I was unworthy. And then on the other hand, I was striving to be perfect to feel the need of uh, being loved and approved. Does that make sense? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Wow, thank you for sharing that uh, painful journey. Um, that, that's amazing. I, I just can't imagine what, what that would be like. And, um, but here you are today. So I guess, you know, yes. everything was, was, was perfect uh, in the imperfection of it. Um, and, and so how did you, like, you, you know, you, it sounds like, you know, you went to, you know, the East and you met with all these amazing people, really shifted or um, paradigm shifted some of your thoughts and beliefs, and then that sense of unworthiness started to shift or fade? Is that, is that did I get that right? You got it right, uh, because I think on that journey, uh, and like I said, it was through grace that spirit, it was like spirit said, okay, because I surrendered. It was like, I don't know what else to do. I'm just lost. And I had lost weight, and I was like 120 pounds over giving, overdoing. And I remember looking in the mirror at myself one day, and I said, oh, my God. I said, please help me. Please help me, because I thought I was going to die. You know, I had lost a lot of weight. And it was like at that time, Spirit said, okay, you've surrendered. You're ready. And what we're going to do, we're going to take you to a place where you will experience love and you're going to come home to yourself. And from the day I arrived, it was all about love. I was accepted. Uh, I was admired for my academic prowess. And, you know, we had a task to uh, write a book while I was there and we uh, accomplished that and we traveled to indigenous communities. And again, I had connections with the priest. So I found my way in this quiet environment because as people say the madness was stopped does that make sense <laughs> and i learned the the recipe of love so to speak i was shown that i was shown that and it it, it really changed my life i was i was amazed wow wow so all, at the end of the day it's all about love and and the word love um seems like it's being used all sorts of different ways, of course. And mm-hmm. um, so people may not even get, like, how how does that work? Like, how do how do I get to love? Like, what do I do? Like, is there a, a, some sort of step? Like, cause not everybody is going to obviously travel to the Orient like you did. <laughs> you know, that may not be their journey. So do you have some recommendations on, you know, how people can get to that place and understanding that love and feeling? That is a beautiful question, and that's one dear to my heart. And before I kind of get into that, I would like to say that I had to create a new love story. (laughs) And actually, it's time for us to share these faulty beliefs and fears and really to create a new love story to release these old stories, and I believe in the power of Sankofa. (laughs) And I share this in my book, Living in the Spirit of Love, as well as in my online Spirit of Love class. And the Sankofa, it is a metaphorical symbol used by the Akan people of Ghana. It's depicted as a bird with its head turned backward, taking an egg from its back. And it expresses the importance of reaching back to knowledge gained in the past and bringing it forward into the present in order to make 
positive progress. So I think it's very important for us to profit from our lessons learned and take what is fertile, move forward and become resilient. Because what happens, Dr. Karen, is that we get stuck in the old stories. <laughs> And we and do. we don't you, we do we're stuck in the old stories and Dr. Karen as you well know that it said either we're in love or fear and so uh, you know when we talk about love and conscious loving you know it's really to try to release fear and move into the spirit of love so may I share my thoughts about what how to get there first of all through conscious loving and you know, a, a, a little recipe for love that our listeners can take away and really look at creating a new love story for themselves. Sounds great. You know, when, when I talk about conscious loving, uh, Dr. Khan, I ascribe it to four principles. And I uh, published an article in Savannah East in case listeners would like to access that article. But it's four principles of conscious loving. And first is to love yourself, because like I said, we're, we really don't have a full grasp of what love really is. People kind of throw the term around without really knowing what is the true meaning. But to make a commitment to a loving relationship with yourself and to be aware of how you treat yourself, because it is an inside job. And then the second one is to live your potential, to do everything in the spirit of love and have the courage and the tenacity to uh, enrich your life and make full use of your potential and skills and talents and to use those, the creativity that you have. And we can get inspired by that by tapping into the divine love that's within us and to love wholeheartedly. That's the third point. And this brings home the whole concept of worthiness because worthiness is our divine right, our divine birthright. And it's not dependent on, on external conditions. And the energy of love enables us to love wholeheartedly with complete sincerity, compassion, and commitment. And, you know, the beautiful thing about loving wholeheartedly is that it pays itself back. And then to live by higher ideals and, you know, love, we know, is a, a, an evolutionary process. So choosing to love consciously is really looking at adapting and living by higher ideals. And what I live by is the nine ingredients in the recipe of love uh, that was formulated by Henry Drummond in the spectrum of love. He's the 18th century uh, professor, author, evangelist, and world traveler, and he talked about the spectrum of love, and he said these are, there are nine ingredients, and all of them must be applied, as he called it, the spectrum of love, and this will be divine love. And he was an exemplary model, and this is what I try to aspire to be as I embody uh, these uh, ingredients in the recipe of love. And if you would like, I can share those, or if you'd like to, you know, engage in any further discussion before we proceed, because I think these ingredients in the recipe of love will, you know, hammer it home in terms of what we need to do to bring love into our lives and really incorporate the whole concept of self-love. To just highlight those nine ingredients in the 
spectrum of love because love is our highest ideal of living. It's the solution to human problems, but it's also our greatest challenge. And as Leo Biscoglia quotes, one cannot give what one does not possess. And to give love, one must possess love. And so to love others, you must love yourself. So I would love to share the nine ingredients in the recipe of love. And the first uh, ingredient is patience. You know, that I really need to be more patient with myself. And that's being calm, not in a hurry, to be centered. Uh, because when we're in this whole being of patience, we really are more in tune with ourselves. The next ingredient is kindness, to treat myself well and with respect. Because so often we're treating, trying to treat other people well and with kindness, but we're not doing that with ourselves. So we have to learn how to treat ourselves well and with respect. The next ingredient, generosity, to be generous with myself and giving to myself. And just as I shared uh, earlier in terms of my story, I was giving to others, but I was not giving to myself. Right. Then humility, humility, I love this one, to be humble, to be not puffed up with ego and self-importance because when we are humble, this is what I learned, I can listen and I can receive divine guidance. And then the next ingredient is courtesy, to be courteous to myself, to be polite to myself because, again, we uh, make an effort to be courteous and polite to others, and we're not doing so to ourselves. Another ingredient is unselfishness. And this is important because it's really living with pure intention as we serve without some type of motive or payback for what we do. Good temper, that's the next ingredient. And this is to not be provoked or reactive or ill-tempered, jealous, angry, self-righteous, because we're not loving when we're not in a spirit of being good-tempered. Gallus, that's the next one, to be graceful and encourage ourselves and refrain from evil thoughts about ourselves. Dr. Karen, you know, we're with ourselves all day long, that's and we're, right, constantly, right. we're constantly talking to ourselves. And sometimes those thoughts are judgmental, the inner, the inner critic won't cease, and we have to really stop and become more aware of what am I telling myself and create more loving thoughts and be more kind to myself. And then the last one is sincerity, to accept what is real and true. And as Drummond indicated, all of these are necessary to, to embody and practice and this represents what is called divine love. And as you teach yourself how to love yourself and honor yourself, you can love others properly. Mm, that's beautiful. And I, I totally, uh, you know, resonate with that because so much of my past, like you, I was like overgiving, people pleasing, and 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 really, in in a way, that was selfish because I wanted a certain reaction from them. I wanted the yes. I wanted the love that like you said, that tran transactional love. And um some people think, oh, you know, you were so selfless. 
you know, and doing all these things, but I'm, I'm seeing it from a different point of view now. It's actually selfish in a way um, yeah. because I was basically manipulating to get, to get what I thought was, was love from other people um, and not even giving them the freedom to choose how to think about me, you know, uh, and uh, because I didn't think so much of myself. And so you can't give from an empty cup. And I, I love what you said about that, because even as we feel unworthy and we're giving, we're trying to get something too. <laughs> so it, it serves that purpose of being transactional, that I'm not worthy unless I overgive and overdo and people please. Right. So we're getting something back, you know, trying to manipulate like the situation as well. I love that you brought that point up. Yeah, well, it, it definitely helped me to reframe that so that I could stop my codependent behaviors when, you know, I was reading a book about it and it, it basically said, look, you know, you're doing this for you. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm doing it for other people, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but then, you know, she made a point of saying, well, yeah. you're actually doing it for you because you can't stand that the other person might think ill of you or that you yes. might not receive love or appreciation or gratitude or whatever like that. And so you're doing it for that reason instead of doing it just because, you know. And and then it hit home, and I was like, ouch. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, and, you know, I think with high academic achievers, mm -hmm. you know, and I always want to be a helper, but, you know, it's like helping at my expense, but also – I guess, like you're saying, making it transactional, trying to prove that I'm, I'm good and I'm perfect and I can help you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, and, and so many people, I think you could understand this as well and, and speak to it, especially with some of the people that you work with as well, is that um, even though we are adults, it is so common that we still want um, kudos, if you will, or uh, we still want love from our parents, even if they don't have the capacity to give it yeah. uh, in the way that is either healthy or, you know, that we want. And so we're constantly in the background trying to somehow convince them that we're worth love, even though there may be a thousand people that love us unconditionally, but if our parents don't, then that hurts. And then, and then a lot of us can't move forward from that space. That that is so very true. But and then you after all of these experiences coming back home to love, the returning to love, and you're trying to get it from external sources, right? Mm -hmm. Parents and, and and sometimes people are not able to do it. You know, as what Einstein said, you can only respond at your own level of awareness. Yep. So to me that, that makes so much sense because other people can't give. Perhaps the parents can't give, you know, yeah. <laughs> or, you know. We don't, so have it's, capacity, we don't have the experience and knowledge or the wherewithal, so why do we, you know, keep wanting them to? <laughs> yeah, but you don't know that. The wisdom right. of the ages, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So this, this is, you know, so interesting about the unworthiness and um, um, just, you know, healing from that. And, and what you said earlier, too, is so true, uh, you know, in the nine ingredients is, is that I felt like um, impatient, you know, with myself um, mm -hmm. that I, uh, how can we be kind to others when we can't be kind to ourselves? And I noticed that after I became kinder to myself, thanks to my illness, and really no, having no choice, uh, well, or having the choice to either heal myself or just die, um, 
I thought, wow, you know, I thought before that I was non-judgmental and really compassionate with people, but honestly, Jean, I was not. Um, I was just as judgmental about them as I was for myself. There was, there was, a, there was no way I could be really, truly unconditional loving of others because I didn't love myself, and so it requires us to do that for ourselves first. Um, otherwise, we're just pretending. Yes, and Dr. Karen, I think what happens, we get uh, immersed in fear and these deep conditioned beliefs, fear and deep conditioned beliefs, and they become a part of who we are and we lose ourselves. We get disconnected from our true self, which is really love. So the whole issue is returning back to love because when we look at how we operate in our lives, you know, it's really uh, in, in an illusion of trying to give something that we don't have and, and trying to get back something that others don't have the capacity to give us fully. Mm, right. And how does that tie in this whole, you know, love? How does that tie into wholeness? Because you use that word a lot, too, in your teaching and training. So what do you mean by wholeness? We become fragmented as a result of fear and these conditioned beliefs and it's like we end up losing pieces of ourselves mm -hmm. of giving parts of us away <laughs> uh, and we have to reclaim who we naturally are and in my book living in the spirit of love and journey to wholeness I talk about that you know uh, the the bully who who tries to manipulate uh, the, the, the child yearning, our, our inner child longing for love, you know, the fragmented pieces of ourselves that scattered out, uh, you know, uh, and we have to really bring, bring ourselves back into wholeness, and wholeness is our natural state, and our natural state of being is love. Mm, okay, got it. Wow. So it's really returning to love because really, the spiritual essence of ourselves is wholeness. The spiritual essence of ourselves is love. But in terms of our human experience, we are mired in fear. Right. And we have to return back to, to our own center of wholeness. So I'd love to know, you mentioned a little bit before about a program that you have. So can you tell us a little bit more about that and uh, maybe some examples of people that have gone through it? Of course, Dr. Karen, I love to share. I teach the Spirit of Love class. It's an online class at Millsaps College Enrichment uh, Program. And I use my book, Living in the Spirit of Love, Our Natural State of Being, as the foundation for my course. And so, of course, people all over the world can register for my course. And it really is about trying to teach people to return to love. I have a divine love model. I have a framework uh, for, uh, uh, a personal framework for returning to love. I have tons of uh, assessments and inquiries for self-reflection and self-discovery. So in my class, I found it very interesting because students that I've had in the class, I found that they were surprised that loving themselves was the focus because when we first talked about the ingredients they were like well I do I, I'm, I'm kind to my, my my relatives I treat people well and I said well what about yourself and they say I never thought about it 
And I said, have you ever, I said, one of the assignments I want you to do is to look in the mirror and tell yourself, I love you. And most had difficulty doing that. But they could tell their child or their parents or whatever, I love you, but they couldn't do it for themselves. And they were actually surprised. So, yeah, that was, and that was, uh, of course, not surprising because I know I've been there, but that was the most surprising thing that they shared with me that I did not realize that I had to really love and take care of myself. And only to the extent that I can love myself and take care of myself fully can I really love someone else. And I love to share a testimonial from one of my students, if you sure. will. Okay. And this is from Miss Pat. She said, I really love this class. And she said, Dr. Jean Marie Ferris's book, Living in the Spirit of Love, was just what I needed during this period of my life. I've always been a seeker of truth, and the book expanded my knowledge on love, emphasizing it as our natural state of being. The book also magnifies the truth about love in a way that helps the reader to understand that love starts with you and your self-care. I now understand that you really can't love anyone properly until you truly learn to love yourself. It offered a framework that empowered me with knowledge how to grow and choose love on a daily basis. Mm, Beautiful. That is beautiful. Yeah, it sounds like, you know, people really transform just you know, it, it, in some way, shape, or form, they may have heard about like self-love and you know that kind of thing, but but to actually experience that, wow, this makes a difference. I know it does for my life. Is that the more I can be, you know, softer on myself, more self-compassionate, uh, doing more self-care, taking self-responsibility, you know, all these S's, you know, um, yeah. that that my relationships with others are better, including my family. Now, it doesn't mean they agree with everything that I do. In fact, they probably agree, disagree with most of what I do. Yes. Um, we can agree to disagree, but yet still stay in or return back to a loving state because I can be fully loving of myself. And you're absolutely right. I thought that I was being loving to other people before when I felt unworthy, but I really wasn't. It was It was very hollow. And yes. now that I love myself more than I ever have, you know, and it's a work in progress. Uh, I just find that I, I just, I'm not bothered by other people's stuff, if you will. Like yes. I can just love them for who they are and yes. not try to make them into something else. Yes, and Dr. Karen, I, I, I remember one of my students. I would give them an assignment. It's like, okay, this week we're gonna. I want you to practice patience. And when they would come back to class, they said, "Gosh." You know, it, it really changed my interactions with my family, and 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 they said, what 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 happened to you? What 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 made you? You know what? And I said, let them know what you're doing because you want to create a ripple effect for change. Share with them that you're being more patient. And she noticed that the relationships with her family changed. And she texted me one day and she said, I was at a store today and, you know, I was very patient with the lady who was at the gas station. And she was like, gosh, you're just so patient. And she was just so excited because the lady really identified what she was doing. And she was Mm. just thrilled. She saw the difference in her daily life. Wow, that is awesome. Uh, that is great. Now, I know you have a um, a little 
guest. Well, a couple of guests actually. Yes, I do. I do. So um, let's let's talk about where people can connect with you and maybe learn more about um, your classes or, or programs or coaching with you. So maybe you can share your website. Yes, my website is www.jeanferrisjourney.com, and actually, each um, you can download a copy of the personal transformational framework on the homepage of this website. And, uh, of course, I do have a free giveaway for uh, the first five listeners who email me at gene72farish at yahoo.com. I will give away a free copy of five uh, e-books, My Love Light Reflection Journal, for those who email me. And, uh, yes, I'm just excited about spreading the message of love and, of course, my radio show. Uh, people can tune in for free and hear your valuable <laughs> message <laughs> uh, that you shared on uh, our show recently. And uh, of course, uh, they can access shows that are on demand and they're live every Friday. And all they have to do is just uh, Google Love Light, uh, my name or Voice America, and you know it will come up. And of course, uh, the online class, Spirit of Love class, it's at Millsaps College Enrichment Program. Uh, you can just uh, Google that, and it'll take you to the classes I offer them around, you know, throughout the year. So uh, uh, I look forward to any of you, your listeners, uh, enrolling in my class. And of course, my books. Uh, I have uh, many, but the most important one is that living in the spirit of love, our natural state of being. And, oh, and and Dr. Karen, I have a blog page on my website with weekly love light practice exercises to strengthen and embody the practice of love. Fantastic. Dr. Karen, I invite listeners to tune in to my website for the blog page. I I have weekly love practice exercises on the website every week on the blog page of www.jeanferrisjourney.com. Com. And these exercises will help listeners strengthen and embody the practice of love. Okay, fantastic. And do you have a mailing list that people can get on in case they can find out about your upcoming programs? Well, well actually, they can uh, subscribe on my website. And, of course, uh, they also can connect with me through Voice America. Okay, fantastic. And are there links to your classes right from your website? There are links to my classes from my website, so listeners can just click on to that and it'll take you right there to the classes. Okay, that is fantastic. Um, Well, our time is just about uh, up today. Uh, Dr. Jean, it's been an amazing pleasure to to talk with you. And um, I know there's so many, you know, highly sensitive people out there that are my tribe that really resonate with that message of that, you know, feeling unworthy and then getting to that different place. And you've given us such great information and strategies on on how to begin this self-loving, self-care, you know, a self-compassionate practice. Um, any last uh, words or tips that you'd like to share with our audience? Yes, uh, Dr. Karen, thank you so much. I would like to just uh, encourage our listeners to anchor in the power of love. It's our natural state of being. Stay connected to our power source. This is the true self, the divine essence of who we truly are, to deepen our wholehearted connections with ourselves first and others. And life is an ongoing process of self-discovery. 
And we have to stay with the attitude of gratitude. You know, be grateful for all of your experiences in your life and, you know, really, you know, you can journal about it to show your gratitude and thankfulness for everything that you experience in your life. And I would love to, for the listeners to, I want to leave them with a, a tip, some final tips. Love is the highest ideal of living. Flourish in love and master your life. Be in love with yourself. Be your own best friend and treat yourself well at all times. Be present with yourself and stay alert. Find joy and beauty in each moment. Be grateful for everything and bless yourself and everyone. And most importantly, celebrate you and your progress and appreciate who you are and who you are becoming. Mm, beautiful. I have this big smile on my face. <laughs> right. So for our listeners, uh, you can connect with Dr. Jean at www.jeanfarishjourney.com. That's spelled J-E-A-N-F-A-R-I-S-H journey. Dot com and you can connect with her there and get the free gift. And uh, for those of you that are listening in and have stayed with us, um, we do have uh, the first five people that email Dr. Jean will get a beautiful, beautiful um, gift. Uh, it is Jean72Farish at yahoo.com. So that's J-E-A-N-72Farish, F-A-R-I-S-H at yahoo.com. So th- again, thank you, Dr. Jean for your light, your love, and just your beautiful message. And thank you, Dr. Karen, for having me and for all that you do to shine your your light and, as you say, to pull the world out of darkness. You are amazing. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. And thanks to our listeners for listening in. Until next time, lots of love, everyone. Yes. Namaste.